What's up, squad? Happy early morning. Very early for us here today at the ADAPT session. Welcome to the ADAPT session where we have intrinsic convos on mindset, exercise, and life's ever-changing experiences with your host, Joe and Mondo. What's happening? You tired too, bro? Well, you know I mean? It's only 5 a.m. It's not too bad, but yeah, I definitely needed this cup of coffee to boost me up today. You know, I mean, what else is there to be excited about, right? I mean, we're only doing... 20, 20, 20, baby. You're right, boy. I never, I never thought about that one, you know? <laughs> when the second part of part two, and you know what? I got my coffee right here, también. There we go. Mm. Good shit. You know, you got you, you're, you're right. You mentioned part the part two of 2020. I got a little tongue twisted. I was so excited. Oh <laughs> my goodness, you know. I've told you guys in the past, I think I mentioned it here, maybe in production meetings. I don't know. I don't give a rat's ass if we're filming at midnight. I don't give a rat's ass if we're filming at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, or like we're doing right now at 5 a.m. We're gonna get this thing out. We're gonna make sure that everything is quality. We're gonna make sure that we have you guys covered every two weeks, right, Jojo? That's right. And this is the season finale of the first year, man. 2020 part two. Final episode of our first season. Like that's kind of uh when I say that, it's still kind of hard for me to believe. What about you, Jojo? I mean, it's crazy to think that this year brought so much um so much trouble for a lot of people. Um, but like we mentioned before, there is a silver lining in everything. And one of those silver linings for us, one of the good things to come out of it for us was putting together this podcast. So it's pretty crazy. It has been, what, nine months since everything got shut down in March, right? So like nine years ago in, in quarantine time, but yes. <clears throat> but as one of those... But speaking of uh, how crazy this year has been, I mean, we kind of left part one thinking that nothing go wrong, right? Nothing. Nothing at all. Psych. Welcome to the second half of 2020. Psych. We set that one up pretty bad, you guys. We were, we led you guys down the wrong path thinking that everything was going to be okay. Well, I think I think for most people, it's, uh, like I said, it hasn't been the best year. <laughs> well... That's putting it nicely. We're putting it pretty nicely right there. <laughs> this has been a pretty crazy year. I think I think uh, 2020 will always, like, I think, honestly, after this year is over, when they say the hindsight is 2020, I have a feeling that, that that's probably going to be a canceled statement after that. Mm. But we'll see what happens. It's been an interesting year. I would say I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's been a bad year. Um, it's definitely been different. Yeah, myself. But it's been an interesting year. It's been different. Um, I think there's a lot we can learn from this. So try to try to pull those lessons out, guys. And we're gonna give you some of those lessons in the end. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep covering this year. And then if you really want to know what we thought about this year, what we thought, stick around. We got we got something to tell you guys. Okay. But anyways, we're in the middle of June, heading into July, and guess what? Guess, guess what's back, JoJo? Sports. 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 Sports are back. NBA is in their bubble. Oh yeah, this is when they did the championship, huh? After the layoff. 
Yeah, that's why everyone calls the uh, Lakers championship the Mickey Mouse championship. Because mm-hmm. they won it on the, the Disney Hotel, I believe. Yeah, I mean, congrats to them, but it's definitely a, a little tainted. <laughs> it's not, not, not their fault. It's just the way things worked out, you know, in the <clears throat> year, but definitely a little tainted. Well, no, it's going to take, I mean, when you look back in the scorebook, when you look at the records and everything like that, it's going to appear as a championship. So, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, that's true. And so, the bubble is back. Baseball season begins, although it's shortened by to 60 games. Mm-hmm. Real short season. I think we mentioned that in the previous one. Yeah, we, we made some quick mention of that. Yeah. And then. Football. Preseason, right? Did football already start at this time? That was getting ready. They were entering training camp, but they had no preseason. That's right. Okay. But in training camp was all messed up too, right? Training camp wasn't the same either because of the COVID. Uh, it started a little later, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember that too. So and that was one of the more – so definitely interesting. I think um, by far one of the most interesting things that happened also was the uh, lack of crowds. Yeah, yeah. But you can see your cardboard cutout. <laughs> I mean, that, that was kind of cool that they gave people that option, which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, I wouldn't pay for that, but <laughs> you can have your, your self cardboard cut out at the game. So it looks like you're there. That's, that's cool. But I, I would say the coolest thing when I was watching the NBA playoffs to me and uh, a lot of other sports, um, well, I want to say a lot of other sports. I'd say NBA playoffs and I'd say like, one of my boys is really is still really into wrestling, so he watches wrestling. Yeah. Um, and uh, they'd give you the option where, like, the way that we're sitting right now in front of our computer to be watching the sporting event, they'd put you up on on the uh, on the display so you yep. can see all the people that are watching it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen that before. Um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, and. But you know what is cool, though, about the cardboard cutouts, though, is if you got hit by a foul ball or your cardboard got hit by a foul ball, they get it autographed and they send it right to you. Oh, for real? I think they also send you the ball, too, yeah. Oh, that's badass. I didn't know that. That So I thought that was pretty cool. Damn, I should have got a cardboard cutout. I'm, all, I'm over here making fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to sign an autographed ball. Shit. So in the first half, we kind of made a little references to the – political aspect of this year. I mean, kind of hard to avoid the political aspect. <clears throat> but big this year. Big, year, big year when it comes to voting. Big year when it comes to voting. So this year, this half, unfortunately, we're going to have to get a little more political. Um, just a bit. Just a bit. As there were some big events that were happening during the summer. So the passing of John Lewis, congressman from Georgia, Civil rights leader and activist walked with Martin Luther King uh, across that bridge, you know, set the stage for some important civil rights changes in our country to happen. So, you know, RIP to him, man. That's that's a huge, huge loss um, and a very, very big event, um, at least in my eyes. It was a big it was a big event. I I agree with you, too. That was a big um big passing this year he was it was notable when he passed mm-hmm. and, people uh, people felt it man people people across the country you know for for the changes that he's made 
um, you know, to people of color in this country, you know, by, by participating in that march. Um, people felt it, man. People were sad. And, uh, you know, he was, he, he's basically like a, a real hero in real life, at least to me. I would say I'd agree with that because he's no, he was a big part of those, a part of those marches, right? He, he played a big part in, in, in civil rights activism. The whole, the whole movement, you know what I'm saying? The whole movement. So, yeah, so he was, and he's, and he was consistent with it. He wasn't just like, eh, no, I'll do it right now. And then maybe down the line, he's like, no, he, he was consistently in that fight. Nah, man, you know, back then when you're doing those kind of protests, you know, I mean, we've all seen uh, photos, videos of what happened to people that were doing that, you know, literally treated like animals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Worse, worse than animals, man. And, um, they, they made a lot of positive changes for us today. So RIP to him, man. That was a big loss this year. That was a huge loss. And then not after not not too long after his passing, the Jacob Blake incident happens. Mm. So for those who weren't aware of uh, what happened with Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake was starting, stopping a fight between two ladies. And... The, when the cops came, they went after him instead. And he figured that he had he didn't do anything wrong, so why why stop? And he was just going to go take his kids home. There it is. Instead, the cop ends up following him and shoots him in the back seven times. That's crazy. So put a little bit more context to what Armando's talking about. You know, the cops did question him for a little bit, and he... Uh, uh, and he uh, was willing to humor them. But when he told them, look, I didn't do anything. The fight wasn't between me. I was actually trying to break up the fight. And, you know, they kind of accused him of being an instigator somehow. Um, he just said, you know what, I'm going to leave. Had his children in the car, turned his back, went into his car, and they shot him in the back. They thought that he was reaching for a gun when he went to his car. Yeah. So, and his kids were in, in the vehicle. Yeah, so he was getting shot in front of his kids. So, thankfully... Did he, did he pass, Armando? No, thankfully, he, he's alive. He survived. But he is paralyzed. Well, definitely a, a loss of quality of life there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... And what ended up happening was in the aftermath, it led to more protests, similar to what happened with... Uh, George Floyd, mm -hmm. but with those riots, one of the things that ended up happening was a teenage, a teenage kid with a gun ended up shooting some of the protesters. Oh yeah, Al Greenhouse. I forgot about that dude. Well, I wouldn't say I forgot about that that person or that specific event, but. I really didn't want to give him any relevance, but I feel you as something we got to mention. Yeah, I didn't want to mention him either, but it, it's it's unfortunate we had to mention it because if you watch the footage and there is footage, he literally just walked right in between the the, the cops and shot a couple people. Wasn't even questioned about it. If it was the other way around, if there was a person of color, he wouldn't have gotten past those cops. He'd probably be dead. Yeah. He, be dead right there on the spot. And it was unfortunate because it looks like 
people were treating him like as if he was this national hero. Um, it's crazy. On the, mostly on the MAGA side, but it, that's just how divided this country has has become in this these last four years. But it's all been encapsulated in this one time and place. Yeah, it, it seems like 2020 has had a lot of big events happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because we're paying more attention to it because we're all stuck at home. That could possibly be it. But I I don't know, man. I or or just or possibly you know the fact that we're a little bit older now, so we pay more attention to what's going on yeah. around us socially. But it just seems like everything's been compiled into this one year, and it's and it's. You know, at one point it felt like unbearable, like it's too much all at once. You know, to be completely honest with you, and, and, and I, the more I thought about it, the more I, I've come to realize, was did I pay attention to the politics in the past? Yeah. But I didn't pay attention to Congress and everything else until this administration. Mm. I've admitted that in the past. And when it comes to this, when, when it comes to this administration, I think that a lot of people weren't used to having a, pre a president that was so divisive and so openly divisive. And I don't think that they've, I, I think that in the past, we've always been like, oh, you know, all the presidents sound the same, it's all whatever. We take it for granted, basically, our democracy. But I think what's happened in the last four years is that a lot of people have actually, they try to run away from the politics, but it's covered everywhere because the president that we have right now is very, um, I don't know if charismatic is the right word, but he gets, but he's actually, like he doesn't just talk during the, uh, during the Oval Office, or like the press conferences over in the White House. He talks, he tweets a lot. So it's everywhere. Oh, that dude loves Twitter. He loves Twitter. He loves, he loves his social media. So I think that's something that a lot of people have noticed and they have more access to. And I think that in previous administrations, we never had to deal with that. But I also think that a lot of people are also really, um, regret not showing up for 2016 because a lot of people were just like oh hillary's gonna win it, we took it for granted basically everyone took for granted the democracy and now that it looked like it was going to be at um at risk that we might actually lose it people showed up and we'll get to that later but i think that this year there's been a lot more political talk than, than ever Partly because of the shutdowns, but also because we there, there's a lot of there's a lot of it's not just a one case situation. There's a lot at stake with it, and we're going to cover it as as we go. I mean, after the the protest started over there, and was it Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin? I believe so. After that happened, I mean, protests were happening everywhere. They were even happening in the in, in sports, man. I mean. The networks are paying a lot of money for a lot of these games, and the athletes are just showing up to the 
showing up to the game only for them to walk out in protest. Yeah, they had to cancel some NBA games. And didn't, didn't they have to cancel some MLB games as well? Did. Yes, they, they did, right? Yeah, due to ath- athletic protest. Um, and, uh, yeah, especially after that one, man, it just – just compiling, you know, a lot, a lot of them just compiling over and over and people are getting tired of it. I think, I think this year with those uh, specific events that we mentioned um, with, uh, you know, passing of, of, of a lot of innocent people um, in the hands of, you know, maybe some overzealous police officers um, really really caused more of a, I would say, awakening, like Armando was saying, to come out and try to change some things with, with their votes, so. I agree, and, and it was, it, it, it woke people up to, hey, you know what, we gotta vote, not just for the presidency, but we gotta see who's running for, for office here locally, what, what's that about? Yeah. I think it woke up people to Congress and seeing just how powerful Congress is, I mean, a lot of those people that are running those smaller, the local politics don't have the same views that a lot of the public do. So they realize that they, they had the power to vote for them. And, and a lot of things were happening during this time. Also voter suppression was becoming an issue. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get more to that down the line, but well, I think one cool thing that happened too, with the athlete, with the athletes protesting, um, is that amongst that, the NFL actually admitted they were wrong for the whole yeah situation. That was a pretty big deal. That was a big deal. I remember talking to you about that. I think we were. I don't remember what episode we were recording at the time, but we were recording an episode, and then when the the news popped out, it's like, hey, Cadell just apologized to Kaepernick and. We appreciated that, but we're also like, all right, that's that's great that you're sorry, but why don't you hire him instead? Exactly, exactly. I think we mentioned that in the Unity 2 episode with with Johnny L, um, how that was awesome that they publicly admitted that they were wrong, Roger Goodell did. Um, They apologized uh, about that, but they didn't apologize directly to Kaepernick. They didn't offer him a, a job you know, at least sports analysts or something, give, give the man a job, you know? So that's why I was pretty skeptical on how, how sincere the apology was. I think it was, I think it was like a publicity stunt, you know, right. Yeah. Based off of what was happening in our social climate at the time. Cause I mean, put your money where your mouth is, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I agree with that. I think, uh, I think he was calling it out too, and they were just backing off. He he realized that it was a PR stunt, and kudos to Kaepernick because he didn't he didn't give up any of his beliefs just for a job. Mm-hmm. He still he still held tight on what he believed in, and he was right. Four years ago, when he was doing that, he was right, and it was an issue that came up big time this year. And I think that that was something that that figures into the story later. And I think that was a big contrib- contribution to what ended up happening in the, the election. But another thing that really, 
another thing that was really notable about that is just you started seeing NFL, the NFL starts saying it takes all of us. The, the campaign takes all of us. Then on NBA, you start seeing Black Lives Matter on the NBA courts. You know, it was good to see all these professional professional leagues actually let them speak out. And it was really cool to see. I just was, I was really happy about that. I, I can't even, I can't even lie to you about that. I think that was one of the coolest things that, that, uh, that happened out of this is that they allowed the, the athletes to speak out and that the leagues didn't get mad about the networks, about them walking out. I mean, when the Giants, walk, when the SF Giants walked off the field in protest, I thought that was one of the proudest moments I ever had on my team because they just did that and they, they all did it in, in unison. Yeah, bro, that was – when you told me about that, because I honestly hadn't been paying attention to much sports, like, at all, because I was trying to figure out, you know, some some things personally, like everybody else was, you know? I think everybody uh, this year was trying to – I don't think anybody's really been paying attention to sports this year. I think this year everyone was just trying to survive. Yeah, trying to make it through, and once that happens, then, then start thriving again. But – so I wasn't paying much attention to it. So when you told me about it, I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. That's really dope. And then, you know, during all this, right, athlete protests, um, all the sports major leagues, you know, allowing these things to happen when typically they wouldn't, right? They'd have these athletes like, no, you can't say that. You can't do that yeah. on, on the network, blah, 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 blah. Um, then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have this whole Karen epidemic. Oh. What the Karen epidemic is, is a bunch of ladies that have nothing to complain about, but are looking for problems, trying to get people in trouble. Armando, you want to go into a little bit more detail? So before I start with this, let, let, us, let us start by saying that Karens have been around for a while. We just gave them the name Karen in recent, recent times, <clears throat> but they've always been a problem. But this year, they seem to have been a bigger issue than ever. And usually, not always, majority of the time, they're usually white women that seem to go after minorities. So if they see people like myself or, they, or people like Joe, they will more than likely look for it. They will likely try to call the cops on us or call their manager and complain about us. I think... I think that, so that whole, uh, what was her name? They started calling her, I think, like Barbecue Betty or some, something like that. That lady. Yeah, that was, that was over in Oakland. Yeah, I remember that one. But was, was so whose name was Karen? Why were they calling them Karen? Somebody's name was Karen that. I have no idea where the name Karen came from. I just know that they started calling them that. Okay, because I'm not quite sure myself. But um, I did hear Barbecue Betty where this lady happened in our backyard right here in Oakland at Lake Merritt. This, um, ha she just happened to be Caucasian. This Caucasian lady was on her phone walking, uh, you know, I guess pretending to talk to somebody. Um, past these gentlemen that were having a barbecue, weren't doing anything wrong, just barbecuing, okay? It was a family. It wasn't just a couple of guys. It was a family. Okay. But she uh, directly approached um, the two guys that were at the barbecue, right? Mm -hmm. And these two dudes 
happened to be black, happened to be African-American. Um, and she starts questioning them on what they're doing. Do they have a permit to barbecue at the park, blah, 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 all this trouble. And the guys are like, we're just barbecuing with our family. We're not doing anything wrong. So she tries to call the cops on them. Cops actually come, they talk to the guys and they conclude that that lady's tripping, right? It's like she's basically out of her mind trying to cause some problems when these gentlemen are just there trying to barbecue, like Armando said, for their families, hanging out at the park with their families, doing nothing and wrong. They and they reserved that area too. So, yeah. so there was records of that. And then- now, I think that was the first like national story. And then there was a bunch of them all over the place. Like what, wasn't there one? in New York City, where this lady- Yeah, Amy Cooper. Yeah. Called, called the guy that was bird watching. Yep. On the guy that was bird watching, she called, she called him up, because it, it, and it's been everywhere, too. I mean, there was, um, during the summer, like, you, you were seeing all these videos of all these, uh, all these Karens. It's like this, I think it was in Chicago, there was this black man who was trying to get into his apartment building. He had the keys. That was the first hint that he could get in. He had the key to get into the gate. He had the code. And this lady with her dog just doesn't leave him alone. And she's like, why are you trying to get in? Why are you trying to get in? And he, he's explaining, it's like, because I'm trying to go home. I want to sleep. <laughs> and, he's, and he's going in. And she's following him. And he's the truth is, if you watch that video too, he's actually being quite respectful towards her. He's actually being very courteous. So she follows him all the way to, to the point where he gets into his apartment. And when he gets into his apartment, he says, by the way, my name is so-and-so. Nice to meet you. And he closes his door. And she looks really... And she, but the, the look on her face when she realizes that he actually has, he actually lives there, like she, she realized how stupid she looked because she was trying to call the cops on him. And so what ended up happening was I think she ended up getting charged afterwards because there was evidence against her, obviously, because the video went viral. There was Amy Cooper, there was, um, there was a few of them, actually. There was one over here in San Francisco, actually. One of the, the owner of the house, keep in mind, the owner of the house was spray painting Black Lives Matter in front of his, in front of his staircase. And she decided, and she's actually an owner of like this makeup, makeup brand. And she was she was like, oh, I know the owner of the house and he doesn't, he won't like you doing that. Also, yeah, and so the owner is actually playing along with her, with her, uh, her stupidity because he's the owner of the house. But she doesn't want to believe that because he's a minority. He was Filipino. But she doesn't want to believe that he owns the house. So what she, so he's like, oh, so you know the owner of the house? I'm pretty sure that he'll be okay with this. And he's like, no, I know them, and they don't. They will not be okay with it. He's, and she's, she's really crossing over that line. Then eventually, he reveals, hey, I own. By the way, I know the owner too because that's me, and he's okay with this. And she eventually ended up getting fired from her job, and she got, 
her husband also got fired as well. Oh, I, I you know, I didn't hear about this story. That's this one was in this August was in September. August or September, right there. This was in San Francisco. It was in San Francisco. Yeah, it was over by it was over in Pack Heights, I believe. I forget her name, but yeah, she was a makeup. She she had like a makeup brand or something like that, and she got her ass fired after that. Oh, okay. So so she owned a makeup brand, and what they like, she was like the CEO, or they kicked her off the board, or whatever. Yeah, they they fired her. She was she was done. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that was insane. That was crazy. Um, Damn, bro. You know what that tells me? Bitches be lying, bro. <laughs> that's right. I said that shit. Bitches be lying. These females trying to act like they're the victim, trying to blame these poor people, get call the cops on them, get them in trouble. Fuck out of here. We got to put that in a t-shirt, bro. Come on, bro. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, That's so that whole, it was insane. It was insane. That whole Karen epidemic, man. There was there was a bunch of them. There was a bunch of them. There was just there was a, a bunch of them that made like national news, but there was a bunch of them going on lower place. There was, there's two more stories that I'll give. There was one in in a, I believe this one was in New Mexico or Arizona. They were at a gas station and a Mexican lady is is actually paying at the register. But this Karen decides to walk in and she cuts in front of her while she's paying and while she's talking to the, the cashier. The reason why she says that she could do that is because she's from the country and the other and the lady was not. And she's entitled. Wow. So she ends up getting in this um, Mexican lady's face. I'm saying Mexican lady, but she's really only like 1920. The girl's only 1920. Yeah, this young lady. Oh, and she slapped uh, the shit out of her. I seen that video. <laughs> yeah, so that made, so you got you spoiled it right there. So she, but the thing is that I don't blame her for slapping the shit out of her because she kept on she kept on crossing that line. She she got she over she overstepped that boundary, and she's trying to warn her politely. Hey, don't get in my face. Don't touch me. She's and the Karen is not listening, and she keeps getting in her face and she keeps pushing her and she keeps touching her. So what ends up happening? She gets the shit slapped at her. Yeah, she 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 engaged and uh, initially started the physical confrontation yeah. by doing that. So, you know, the lady that she was already disrespecting had enough and just gave her one just mm, straight across the face. And, and there's foot, there's footage that that she did nothing in the wrong. So yeah. So what ended up happening actually after that was funny enough on uh, Reddit her husband came in crying about how she's been mentally, that she's been ill for the last few years. I'm like, then put her in a straight jacket then. Yeah. No, nah, that, 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 that is not mental illness. That is bullshit. Isn't, isn't that, you know, excuse, excuse my language, but isn't that some, I'm just going to say, bro, isn't that some white people shit that they do every time, you know, some white kid shoots up a school or fucking commits a crime or something. Oh, he's mentally ill. He needs help. But Anybody else, somebody of color does it, and and we're just criminals and terrorists and shit. Or they expect it from. They expect yeah, it from. It, isn't that funny how that shit works? And that's it, and that's how we're that's how it, that's how this thing has worked. That's the reason why I think also why Trump has been so popular among these. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Trump. I mean 45. Come on, bro. You just, come on. I know. I know. <laughs> up on that one. That's why he was so popular is because he. He didn't invent racism. He didn't start it. 
but he was he allowed people to be more overt with their stuff. And honestly, I, I think um, that so that was a case. And then recently, there was a case of the Karen in uh, Costco where she was complaining because she had to wear a mask. Oh yeah, I I heard about that one too. And she was and she was she was lashing out and the ladies. <laughs> the lady that's recording her though is kind of the savage though. She's like, she's like, she's calling her an idiot and a dumbass because the dumbasses that are complaining about about the shutdowns are the reason why the shutdowns are happening. Put a damn mask on and maybe this will get better. Hey, that's a good point. And she was and she was and so the lady starts harassing her. The lady that was maskless, the Karen starts harassing this lady. And funny enough, what ends up happening is she calls the cops. She gets arrested. Mm. So there's funny. So the thing that's hilarious though is not only does a lady that was that was calling her out film her getting arrested, so did other people. So there's multiple angles of her getting arrested, walking around with handcuffs, getting shit talked. She's crying because she thinks that she's the victim. But that's really that's the caring shit that we're dealing with and. Luckily for me, I haven't really um, encountered any Karens, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it somehow happens. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. Um, but enough of the Karen talk. Oh crap! Here's the flaw. <laughs> but uh, now we talk about an, another major loss this year, bro. Another major loss this year. Chad Bozeman, bro. Black Panther, RIP. Wakanda forever. Oh, so we got a story for you guys on this one. We're doing, we're, we're in a production meeting where we're, we're writing up a, a run sheet for the episode Nutrition the Dilemma. Joe and I are happy with how it's coming out. We're about to log off. He and he gets the he gets the update. What the fuck? What? Like Joe was in disbelief. He was in such disbelief that he it took him a couple of moments to actually gather himself to tell me what happened. I was like, is this fake? But then I I was just reading the alert and it said that Chadwick, Black Panther, passes away and and he's he's dead. And he passed away of cancer colon cancer which most people i think no i'm not going to say most people nobody knew about that nobody knew about it he he didn't he didn't tell anybody he didn't make it public and this is a man while he was filming all these movies not just black panther but other movies that came out on netflix movie yeah yeah yep yep I mean, so many other movies that he was doing, all his work, he was living with cancer, and he knew this. He's he's had this for for many many years, and uh, he was doing that. And at one point, I believe, I believe he, no, he wasn't going through chemo, but he was going through some sort of treatment, and and he lost uh, an enormous amount of weight, and he was looking like really really skinny, like he was sick. Right, we're calling him a crackhead. Yeah. So instead of people having some sort of empathy, 
even though they didn't know what was going on, like, damn, you know, Chadwick doesn't look so good. He kind of looks sick to me. People, people just started making fun of him and saying all these negative things. Little did we know, man. Little did we know. There were all those memes. I'm, I still remember it. There were a ton of memes about it. And it's like, but I didn't, fuck, man. When, when you told me that, it, it was like, we finished that meeting, like, on a sour note, man. That was um, four years. So, I mean, he had it for four years, colon cancer. So, think about that. He filmed the Jackie Robinson movie, Avengers, Black Panther, all while he was sick. Like, I, I, I think there was a couple other movies that came out on, on Netflix too. Excuse oh, me. He did a lot of stuff, man. He was on fire. And and but the thing is that the fact that he was able to hide it like that and that he was persevering speaks highly to his character. Big time, man. He was he was doing more than just those movies. I mean, he was doing things for kids, helping people. I mean, so that's a loss of another good human being that took his platform and did something bigger with it. Absolutely, man. And it, man, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. And then after that, well, this has been something that we've been dealing with for for years, maybe decades. Climate change. And Anyone who talked this year was probably one of the hottest years we've had in a while. <clears throat> we started, Joe, when did we start right? When did we start writing this show? Probably like late October. Yeah. So we started, we started the production on this show started actually a couple months ago. When we're doing that. It was mid October. Usually by October, everything's already cold. We were having heat waves in October, like full-on heat waves. We're talking 100 degrees, 90 degrees, even over here in Daly City. It was kind of crazy. It was insane. And this year has, personally, I'm going to say it straight up, man. I don't know how people can say that climate change doesn't exist when you see what's happening with all these wildfires. I mean, it's it's scientifically proven that climate change exists, you know, that the, the core temperature of our planet is heating up. It's, it's getting too hot, which is causing all this crazy weather. So it's scientifically proven. Like we talked about before, if you don't think it's real, then you don't believe in science. I mean, you have experts in science talking about it. Well, they have no reason, they have no, nothing to gain from lying to us. So it's ridiculous if you don't believe it. it I don't understand. And it's, um, all you got to do is just walk outside. Like, well, we got a couple of, so over here, we're all here in California, obviously, right? And we have the last two or three years, we've been having what they call quote unquote wildfire season which is when wildfires break out because of electrical issues or sometimes because of weather issues. And this year it started really early. I believe it actually started in July, didn't it, Joe? Middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. So, so for, you ask about, so if you wanna ask about climate change, why you should've came here during the summer. So when it's hot like that, it's already hard to breathe, right? Cause the, the air gets a little, 
less quality. Mm-hmm. But imagine there being a whole bunch of fumes from trees and wood burning. Our our air quality was really bad. We had some of the worst air quality you could think of. It was very hazardous. Um, but the worst part was that usually when that happens, it's usually cooler. So it's manageable to a degree. But at this point, it wasn't, it was happening while it was still hot. So it's hot weather, you're battling all these violent fires and the air quality is bad equals a not very fun time. So we had, so to add, and to add to the insanity of this time, um, during this time, so this is roughly, I wanna say August, July. So we're already having some wildfires by then, but the bigger wildfires, the biggest one that started happened because we were in the middle of a heat wave and then out of nowhere, I remember this like it was yesterday, Joe. There was a lightning thunderstorm where in the middle of the night, we're talking three, four o'clock in the morning. And you can even find pictures of the Bay Area with the bridge and you can see like the lightning just all over the Bay Area. I I actually seen it before I went to bed, like around nine or 10, that it, it was already going on, but I guess- um, It got worse in the middle of the night. Yeah. And there was, the, the crazy thing was that there was actually no rain or there wasn't enough rain. It was really, it was vaporizing. It was evaporating before it even hit the surface. So in the middle of the night, there's just all these lightning thunderstorms. And I'm, I'm sleeping in my room. I had the blinds closed, but out of nowhere, like, it feels like, I feel like I'm in a rave. So I'm actually, funny enough, I was actually, I was actually debating, should I just get up and have a good time or should I just go back to sleep? Because it looked like a rave in my room. Like it was like every, like the lights were just like really bright. And I'm like, this could, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I thought it was my neighbor just lighting, doing some fireworks, some leftover fireworks from uh, 4th of July. But in reality it was no, it was, freaking thunderstorm happening and it was so it was stuffy it was humid it was hot as hell and not to mention we had terrible air quality because of the fires it was the weirdest definitely a different uh, surreal time in the bay area for sure so for people who go like, oh, climate change doesn't exist, they didn't see that. They didn't see um, that. Well, you know, I mean, people people were just dismissing science to begin with. I mean, even in the summertime when uh, we thought, you know, COVID was going to get a little bit better, um, cases were still rising in the summer, right? Yeah, cases were, yeah, supposedly it was um, because of the, supposedly a, uh, when uh, this whole thing started, they were saying that by around the summer that it was gonna slowly kill it off because of the heat. As it got warmer, but that wasn't the case. Nope. And um, 
And even then, people were saying, you know, what, what COVID was a hoax. There was a, you it's, know. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's the Rona, sir. You're right. The Rona was a hoax. It wasn't real. Blah, blah, blah. Dismissing science. Once again, dismissing science when it comes to climate change. I mean, just, you know, yeah, you have you have those people. Obviously, not everybody's like that, but you have those people that were doing that. So, even so, the evidence in the world. But you know what was really insane for me, bro, was that day in September, Orange Wednesday. You remember that? Um, yeah, I think so. So for, for those who are wondering what, what the hell Armando is talking about, we had the fires going off. We had a heat wave going on. So one of the ill effects of that was that everything in the Bay Area turned orange. What, what do you what do you mean by that? Give some people a little bit more context. The air, like, you know how they say the sky is blue? <clears throat> Everything was, like, the sky was orange, like, bright orange. And it felt, and it felt like, it, but the thing is that it was such a thick orange, it didn't really feel like daytime. It was actually, it felt like the, it was, it was dark the entire day. Yeah, okay. So if, it literally, it, it was, Literally bright orange outside, and everything was covered in ash. I've never seen so much ash in my life. Yeah, from the fires, it was it was pretty <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Different. Yeah, the whole side was orange. The like the side were the cars outside were just like nothing but ash. Um, and the air was just really heavy. Dude, it kind of felt like you ever go to a three D movie and watch a three D movie without like the 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 glasses. Um, I've never done that before. So if you guys are listening out there and you guys notice when you guys watch a 3D movie without the glasses, it looks very kind of blurry, kind of trippy. That's exactly what it looked like outside that day. Hmm. I had to go take something to the mailbox and I walked out and it felt like the, the, the it kind of, it, it was so bizarre. It felt like everything was kind of like sideways. Like it was turning sideways. The air was so thick. The the, the air, the, the smoke, everything was just thick. And it was and you and it was really it was dark. If you had no light on, it was pitch black. It was dark. It was um mm. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember it. I, I, I usually don't remember stuff like that, man. I just, whatever it's, it's a day it goes by and I just keep it moving. But I just um, remember it because my dog at the time he was having, he just had eye surgery. So uh, he was really delicate. He was really, he just got out of surgery like maybe a couple of days before that, but he has, he's very delicate with allergies. So we couldn't let him outside. He had to stay inside, and he was. Well, I think I think most people weren't going outside because the air quality was so bad because yeah. of the fire smoke, and then um, you know the whole cloud of ash. That's what, what I think that's what made the sky look orange because of yeah. the sun, right? Because we didn't get any sun, so like you said, the whole day was dark. Johnny L gave a story about that on on the Unity episode. If you want to hear that story too, when he had to go pick up his eye. Yeah, man. So it was just uh, oh, 
It was a different day. I just remember. Trying, I just remember waking up. I slept in that day. I remember waking up at ten, and uh, I thought I was waking up at ten o'clock at night. It was that dark. Yeah, it didn't look like it was daytime. It didn't look like it was daytime at all. It was dark. It was dark all day. Not pitch black like nighttime, but just um, might as well have been because inside the house it was completely dark. You couldn't see anything. It just it it looked like a rainy day. Let me put it that way. It wasn't that dark, but but it, just, it looked like a rainy day. It was cloudy, but the only difference was you had that orange in the back because the sun couldn't come over here. Over here, well, maybe over there it wasn't, but over here in Daly City, it was fucking dark. We couldn't see shit. So if we had to, we had to have the lights on because otherwise the living room was dark, the garage was completely dark, the bedrooms were completely dark. Um, you couldn't like if you open the windows, it was still dark. I still, and then after that, so we mentioned the science of how it was becoming dismissed. I think more than ever at this point, going in, going into the fall, the fall going into the uh, or the wind, the fall going into the winter. Science has become more polarized and dismissed by leaders than it's ever been. And it's hurting us because the cases are starting to rise again. But this time it's rising up in the, the Midwestern area. And I don't want to say this, but mostly in places that are run by Republican red states. And it's starting to get more, it's starting, it's starting to reach more, more dangerous levels as we go on. I would say that's, mm, I wouldn't agree with that statement myself about cases rising only in areas where there's a- I didn't say it was only rising in there. I say that it's starting to rise in areas that were mostly red states. Well, even, but okay. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, um, it's it's been it's been going up in all the country. It's finally hit those rural areas, I guess you could say, where the population is a, a lot less dense. Because it was mostly hitting like the, do they call it the Sun Belt states? Like where they talk in the bottom, like Florida and, and Arizona and Texas, et cetera, and California. It was yeah. mostly getting those lower areas, right? Now yeah. it's like the upper parts now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or in the middle of the country. It's like hitting everything right there now. Like more middle and like, uh, and North, uh, North US. Yeah. Yeah. So like North is like the Dakotas were hit hard. Uh, I believe Montana was hit. Was Montana hit hard? Uh, a lot of those those well, those areas were mostly hit pretty hard. Wisconsin was definitely hit hard. And then I believe after that started happening, that's when the White House started asking for uh, all the Rona results and data directly to them, and, yeah. and they, they yeah. don't want to give anything to the CDC, right? Yep. I, I, think, I, think, I think they shut down CDC involvement, didn't they? Yeah, they did for a while, and now they. Yeah. They started doing that, and then later on, they started bringing them in again because uh, I don't even think it was it was forty five himself that did it. I think it was the people that was around him that started doing it. You don't? Oh, you don't think it was him specifically? But I mean, if it's people around him, it's it's his. Uh, what would you call it? It's his whole team, right? Yeah. So I think yeah, because 
Because I think he has Pence and as uh, he's the one that's running it. Oh, okay. So it wasn't necessarily his call, but I mean, he he can approve it or not approve it. Yeah, I think he just wanted, I think that he would, what's the best way I can say? The reason why I think he started doing it though was because the election season was, was beginning at that point. Mm. So if you look back at it, the one, so we're not going to be too specific with the, the, the politics and maybe until the election results come in. But truth be told, man, if you really look back at it, when it came to the, the stuff in Kenosha and the Jacob Blake fallout, that shit was benefiting 45. Mm. He wanted people to, he wanted that stuff to happen because it fell in line with his law and order, law and order stuff. Because he was going on about law and order, law and order, law and order. So, but what he didn't want you talking about was the Rona. He did not want you talking about that at all. If you were talking about the Rona, that did not help him because whether you're a Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, Democrat, or in, Independent, they all agreed that he did not do well in handling the Rona. He, he never addressed it. He still hasn't addressed it. And he didn't want people talking about it. So when the election season was beginning, cases were starting to spike again. But it's happening all over the country and the cases, and we're still feeling the effects of it. I mean, right now, I think we're having 3,000 deaths a day, and that's tragic when you really think about it. We're they're quickly approaching 300,000. And when, when he starts doing that, they finished the, uh, it was after the, the election. It was at, not the election, it was after the conventions that he started bringing the, the CDC back into working with COVID because he was just, he didn't like the fact that COVID was getting all this attention. And then <sighs> if there was ever a time that you were, that you wanted to, you, you want to take pride in your leadership, right? Man, that horror, that, that presidential debate, Did you watch that? I did. It was uh, horrible. It was not a good debate. No, it wasn't. It was. It felt like I was watching two kindergartners place blame my shit. No, he ate the paste. No, he ate the paste. It was. All I remember thinking to myself is like, this guy is running for president, and the other guy is the president. I'm like. I can't believe this is who we have to pick pick between in, in terms of leadership. However, I will say the second lead the, the second debate with uh with Pence was actually pretty funny. Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, I mean, it, besides the fact that they were both talking like adults, the real highlight of that that debate though was the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head. You see that there was a Twitter page for that that fly? No, I didn't see that. 
I just seen some of the memes, but I didn't watch that debate. Um, not until later. Um, the one I seen, they had like the the plexiglass over them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one I seen, but I never noticed the fly myself. I think somebody took a picture of that, posted it, and then that's how people seen the fly on his head. But and everybody started making fun of it. But um, I thought that was a good debate. You know, um, they were, it was good discourse. They were giving each other an opportunity to speak and say what they had to say, whether or not they agreed with it. They weren't cutting each other off like in the presidential debate. So that was a good debate. That was good to watch. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I just, th I, I think it was solid. It was the way a debate was supposed to go. Yeah, it was, um, the thing that, but you know what we forgot to mention about that first debate too, was that right after that, 45 test positive for, for uh, the Rona. Yeah, that's right. After he was saying it was fake news and wasn't real. Now let's put let's put each other on the spot. Joe, do you think that he had it? Do I think that um, Trump had it? Forty five. Yeah. Um, I think he did. They just gave him a whole bunch of drugs that we do not have access to. Well, yeah, he's the president, man. Yeah. Man, that was when that happened. Good lord. That's how, that's how it works. Huh? I said that's how it works. When you're somebody in a position of power that high, somebody of of great relevance and great importance, you know, you you get access to certain things that other people don't. Yep. Yep. Whether 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 we agree with him or not, or we like him or not, doesn't matter. And you know what's crazy was that that really him getting the Rona though was kind of set off a chain of events too because after he got it, then his press secretary got it, his assistants got it. Somehow Mike Pence never got it, but pretty much everybody in the circle ended up getting it. And uh, yeah, his whole squad, right? Yep. And around the same time, that's when Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away and RIP to RBG, man. Mm. She was a champion. Somebody else who, who did a lot for our country, our people of this country, more particularly, she fought for, you know, women's rights as well. Absolutely. Not passing specific laws mm. or helping pass specific laws, I should say. She was a legit champion, man. She was... That was one of the reasons she was she did not get along with uh, forty five, and because um, she was, she had no trouble calling him out. But it's after she passed away, it, that was the fastest I've ever seen Congress and Republicans move. Oh, you mean by trying to fill her trying seat? Trying to fill her seat, yeah. They did. They they were they were moving at such a fast pace, and like like you see them with the. With the second stimulus, how they they they've they sandbagged it for so long. Now were they're they, were they did they even show up to her funeral? Yeah, they did. They Funny. did. Well, that's good that they were paying their respects. You know what I? You know what they did televise it right and and forty fifth. Yeah, he spoke. He didn't speak, but he made an appearance, and uh, the not protesters, but the people that were there to support him, booed the crap out of him and said, "Vote him out! Vote him out! Vote him out!" Yeah, no, I, I think he did speak. He said something. He, he said, like, 
something to the extent of uh, you know, kind of like honoring RBG. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, if I remember correctly, and then yeah, they that's when they they were saying that after he was done speaking. Yeah, but he, and then afterwards, not not even a day afterwards, he's like, yeah, we gotta fill that seat. So they did it right away, and um, it didn't exactly help. At the way that he was thinking about it at the time, he was probably thinking that it would help him, but as we'll learn in the future, that didn't exactly come to come to pass. And uh, early voting starts. Man, that turnout come in big time, didn't it? Yep, big time turnout. As you said a little bit earlier, um, more more people decided to vote today, or not today, but uh, in this, this election, I should say. Yeah, this election cycle, there was a lot of people that were showing up, and it was a. Um, there was so much that went into, there was so much that was going on with this election, right? So we mentioned, we mentioned the, the suppression, right? Like the biggest, biggest way that he was trying to suppress the vote is that he was going against vote by mails. Yeah. I mean, he was trying to dismantle the U.S. Postal Service. Exactly. I was, you beat me too. He's, he was trying to hurt the, the Postal Service. So what ended up happening was people just started using the drop boxes at the election polls. That's crazy, man. I can't believe like that's, I mean, I'm not going to say I can't believe it, but it's, 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 it's mind blowing, dude. Like he, that's, that's illegal for him to do that. You can believe it because you wouldn't put it past him from doing it. Cause he was also openly admitting that he was going to do it, but you can't believe that he's going to do it because it's like, why? Like, like how far are you willing to go to cheat? Like it's it's um <clears throat> like he was like going after the postal service, man. Like that's what you're going after. Like vote by mail is is illegal and it's fraud. Vote by mail has been around since the Civil War, so was never an issue back then. It hasn't been an issue since. And he. He's going on. He's going against that. Then people are voting early. He doesn't want people to vote early, but and he believes that all of the the votes should be counted on election night. All the votes have never been counted on election night. Maybe you'll get an idea who's going to win on election night, but the votes are all going to be counted regardless. All right. It's not specifically that day. It doesn't work that way. You cannot just stop the count just because you're losing, right? I mean, if it worked that way, as Niners fans, we would have we would have stopped the game when the Niners were winning in the third quarter. <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl. We would have done that. But it doesn't work that way. Sorry, kid. It doesn't work that way. You get all the votes get counted. And that's democracy. I mean, you don't you may not like it, but that's what it is. And he the votes, like I, I was actually really impressed by it. I was, I did not foresee so many people voting for Trump. Oh, I'm sorry, 45. But it was still, it was still incredible nonetheless to see how um, active all of all of the the country was. You know, one thing about um, how close the race was. Um, 
even throwing in the electoral college, right? Yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of the electoral college is that it was created to help out the less populated states um, have sufficient enough, I guess you could say uh, a word in the voting and who we choose for president. However, you know, those areas have lower amount of votes in a particular direction because they have less population, right? Doesn't it make sense to have a president that the majority of the population picks rather than have the electoral college to cover a span of area of land mass where land doesn't vote, it's people. And it just so happens that highly densely populated areas are cities, coastal cities. And if the majority of the people in those coastal cities, right, again, the people are, are what matter, not, not, the, not the area, okay? It's the people. If the majority of people vote in a particular direction, then that's what that direction is. So, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the original reasons why they came up with the Electoral College was in case candidates that were unstable, like 45, came into it, they were able to um, challenge him. But in this case, it ended up working for 45. They didn't really challenge him, did they? They didn't really challenge him this time. It worked, it worked in the opposite direction. So if you're asked, so, so personally, I think the electoral college is outdated. I don't think we need it. But that's a conversation for another time. So we continue the so election. The election day comes, right? This is the day that Trump wins. This is the day that 45 becomes our, becomes our president once again and maybe forever. Well, one more thing before we get there. Mm-hmm. So since Trump or 45, excuse me, was trying to dismantle, I'm going to, cause I'm going to say, we're, gonna, we're saying 45 because it's not just him. It's his whole squad, his whole, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's what we're talking about. So since the 45th was trying to dismantle the U S postal service so that less people can vote and vote early and people had to go to the polls and he was making it more difficult by also shutting down a lot of polls, a lot of States shut down a lot of polling places minority areas yeah and people had to drive even further just to go vote okay so people were dedicated so people did that right Mm -hmm. and because people dismantled uh excuse me because the 45th dismantled the u.s postal service or was trying to right and it was making it more difficult for people to go vote when people had to go vote in person the the rona cases started spiking again yeah. And this just goes right into his um, his whole squad's manner of handling the coronavirus from the beginning, not telling us when they knew about it in person, when we could have prepared, yeah. and to how he talks about it. it's fake news, it's not real, it's a, it's, a, it's a hoax, it's fake science, and then he ends up getting it, and then now cases are starting to rise because he's making it more difficult for people to vote from home with mail-in ballots. And so we told you that it was going to factor into this later on. So when he started, so if you look at that first 
Well, I'm not going to ask you guys to look at that first debate. I don't want to put you guys through that, that kind of punishment. <laughs> but the thing is, Trump or 45, they really just did not want you guys talking about the Rona. Talk about the talk about anything else. Do not talk about the Rona because that was that that was the thing that he knew that he had no control over and that he he bungled it. There was no other way to say it. He was wrong. He he will not admit it, but you know by the fact that he wants you talking about everything. I was like, oh, even he even had a he even had a rally where he was where he came off like he was jealous of the fact that the Rona was getting attention. All he was saying, and he even he goes like. All people are talking about is COVID, 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 COVID. Talk about the other stuff. It's all they talk about COVID, 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 COVID. It's like there's not much else to talk about, man. You, I mean, this is taking over everything because it's it slowed down everybody's life. So it, that, it shut down the economy. People lost their job. Yeah, man. I mean, you're the only president where you're leaving office with less jobs than you did when you were coming in the only president in history and his numbers really started to tank after that when he got the, when he got the rona that's when everything that's when first off that's when early voting started and that's also when um his numbers were really tanking because people the people already thought that he handled it poorly but it just put in the forefront just how poorly he handled it I'm sorry, I'm distracted by Joe's majestic hair. Oh, hair is beautiful, bro. I appreciate it, big dog. Appreciate it. Told you you should grow your hair years ago. I was like, he's like, nah, man, I'm more of a fade type of guy. I mean, I I was, you know, and then I was like, you know what? It's time for a change, man. I've had short hair all the time. I want long hair. It's coming, it's coming in nice. Okay. It's coming in nice. I, I, we're gonna, I'm going to do it for the rest of the listeners and for the rest of the world. Thank you for growing your hair out. <laughs> you got jokes now i think uh it's not a joke <laughs> you got nice hair bro do you, you appreciate it big dog uh, I, I, you can thank my mama you're welcome so i guess the next thing we got to get into is uh mr rudy giuliani armando you got a little story about him why, why don't you tell people who he is oh. some, people, some people may not know who he is we're gonna so. get to that in a moment we haven't gotten there yet Okay, okay. So first, the election happens. One of the things that, that prognosticators had warned us about is that there's going to be a red mirage on the night of the election where it looks like Trump is going to run away with it or he's going to win. I'm not going to lie to you that night. I, I did not sleep well. And then next thing I know, I wake up the next morning and from what looks like a blowout, in, in uh, 45's favor. It goes from being a blowout in his favor to next thing you know, the whole country is purple. And he's losing states that he won years before. And not, and not won by a close margin, but he, he won them in dominating fashion years ago, including Arizona, including Georgia, including Michigan, including Wisconsin, including uh, What's the other one that he, uh, Minnesota? No, he didn't win Minnesota, but all of the places he re, he was losing, losing Arizona and losing Georgia was a big one. And after that happens, Biden's declared the winner. So when that happens, 
what happens really before. So when the Red Mirage is happening, uh, 45 goes, by the way, we won. We, he claimed victory. Everybody knew that he was going to do that, but <laughs> he claimed victory prematurely. And he lost it. So ever since then, he's been complaining about how the election was stolen from him. So who's the so we you heard his name already, Mr. Rudy Rudy Tootie, mm. Rudy Tootie Giuliani, the once heroic mayor of New York City. Now he's known as the guy who uh, sweated his hair dye away. What what uh what correlation does he have to the forty fifth? Part of his cabinet, and now he's his personal lawyer. There you go. Okay. So he's represent, and he's been representing him in these "quote unquote" cases <laughs> against the election to overturn the the results. By the way, so far they're one for fifty four. Damn. Um. We. <laughs> So I, I, you guys are catching me laughing at this. So, right after he's right, right after uh, Biden is considered the winner, um, forty-five on his Twitter says that there's going to be a there's going to be a press conference from the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania. I don't know. But what they didn't, but this is how ignorant they were. They didn't realize that they were talking about the Four Seasons landscaping, which for shits and giggles is also right across the street from a sex shop. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rudy Tootie Giuliani. Uh, you can't write a, you, Hollywood couldn't come up with this kind of, kind of script, dude. I don't know if Hollywood came up with a little something, but or if it was just the, the producers of a of a specific movie, but they wrote a little something for him too. So, so he had he had that press conference in the four seasons that he's like, oh, the networks came up with the networks confirmed his victory. Oh, the networks and he it's they 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 went through so much different lengths just to uh deny the results. And um since so, since then, people who were the he's hired so forty five hired a whole bunch of different lawyers too, right? Along with Giuliani, but Giuliani was the only one that stayed with him and is and still working with him. Others have just been like, "Screw this! This is not even worth it. This is going to ruin my my reputation." So you start seeing, so the Senate Republicans would not back him. Would were, were were not say we're not recognizing Biden's victory. And eventually, you start seeing, but slowly as time goes by, and we're mid-December right now. So what is it today? The seventeenth. Mm -hmm. So slowly in that time, you start seeing people who normally back up forty-five, just be like, "He lost. It's time to move on." And including yesterday. Moscow Mitch McConnell recognized Biden as president. That's nice. So 
people who were, so as, as the uh, election, the election was over a while ago. It has only been certified since. I mean, the certification took place this past Monday and all the electors confirmed his victory. So it's, he's gonna take, he's gonna go in. It's gonna be a tense time until uh, January 20th, but he's, but Joe Biden's your president. But in that time since though, like it's become such a clown show over there in the White House, especially, and Giuliani has been the starring, the, the star in all of it. So since that time, he had that Four Seasons fiasco. He appeared in Borat too, where he supposedly was tucking in his shirt, right, Jojo? Yeah, so that's the whole Hollywood script I was talking about when you said Hollywood couldn't write a script. This year. <laughs> that's, that was the mention. I don't know if it was Hollywood or, you know, well, I guess you could say Hollywood, right? Any movies, that's what we refer as Hollywood. But so in the movie, um, Borat, right? Borat 2, it's actually out like on uh, any streaming service. Um, like, for example, I have Amazon, right? Streaming. Right, yeah. Okay, so it's on there. And so I was able to see it because um, I enjoyed the first one. I thought it was hilarious. So I watched Borat 2. And in that, in that one, Borat, I guess, has a daughter, right? And his daughter's about 14, 13, 14. Um, don't quote me on the age. I could be wrong, but she was around that age. And uh, she wants to be a, an interviewer um, like her father, right? You know, uh, so she goes, she goes with her dad to the U.S. He gets sent on a mission um, from his uh, country's government, and they meet up with Ruli Giuliani um, at a hotel room. And again, you know, his daughter in the movie playing a, you know, 14-year-old girl, some somewhere around that age, giving him an interview. And um, while he's giving her the interview, she's, you know, talking to him provocatively, trying to get him to take the bait. He takes the bait. They move the interview from um, the, I guess you could call it the living room of his suite to the bedroom. He's sitting on the bed and they're starting to talk, you know, and while they're starting to talk, he has his hand in his pants. Like he's, well, he had it unbuckled and he's hands his hand in his pants. And what he said was he was tucking in his shirt. That was his excuse for having his hand in his pants because they asked them about it after the movie. So, and um, uh, Sarah, what's his name? The, the guy who plays Borat, I forgot his name. Sasha Baron Cohen. Thank you, Sasha Baron Cohen. They interviewed him and they asked him questions about that. And he basically said, look, it's on tape. You know, um, technically the actor isn't really that young, but she's playing somebody that young. And he knew she was that young in the movie, right? Because they didn't get him for the movie. This was filmed without, without him knowing what it was for. So he wasn't aware. They didn't like ask him and cast him to be in the movie. He thought it was an actual interview, right? With a young lady. So, you know, so the actor that plays Borat basically said, look, you, you, you seen the movie, draw your own conclusion. What do you think it looks like to you? Cause I know what it looks like to me. That's what he said. Yeah. He, yeah. And if Rudy couldn't stop taking else like his, like his boss was, it really does seem like it's a competition between him and his boss who can take more L's. Really seems like it. So that's what happened in Borat 2. There's the script that Hollywood wrote, Armando. There you go. <laughs> and 
freaking after that he has the he has two more he has two more appearances that are famous he has a press conference where his hair dye starts running down his face mm. so that's a that was a fail you sweating bullets <laughs> he was sweating motor oil oh man then there was his uh, appearance in the uh while he's appealing the courts and he's actually in the hearing. And if you watch that, while he's making his case, the entire time, all you keep hearing are these loud, these loud farts. And you would think that it, you would think that it's added in, like it's edited. The judge from, the judge in Pennsylvania confirmed that the entire time he was tooting. And if you look at Jenna Ellis, the other lawyer that's representing Trump, she's making faces the entire time, and that's what, and that had me laughing the entire time. So this, so, <laughs> so this dude was at a court case, and he just kept farting while he was pleading his case. Yeah, that's crazy. So it was like he was legit, like, so he was legitimately Rudy Tootie that night, that day, and he just and. You see Jenna Ellis's face, dude. Like, like every time he does it, she's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's hella funny. <laughs> it became. It became <laughs> that was the part that made me. Oh laugh. shit! And, and then there was a. There were memes that popped out, right? And it's like the moment that you regret being an anti-masker, and it has her face, and she's like all crunch. Her face is like all like crumpled up because she's like disgusted by what, like how much he's duty. Like damn, bro, what did you eat? Oh man, but aside from that, though, like <laughs> the bus get certified, the bus get certified, and there's and I don't know if they're still gonna try to knowing knowing forty five, he's gonna still try to do it, even though he's running out of even though he's running out of options. Try to do what? Challenge the election. Well, he already lost. So. He already lost, but you know he's that's not going to stop him. And there's, and uh, so one of the things that has also been happening though, like we we talked about how things go right, nothing can go wrong. Well, we're back in lockdown again. Back in the purple tier, some people are getting really sheltered in place. So for people that aren't from Cali, Armando, why don't you tell them what the purple tier means? Like how so, California has that color-coded system of, of uh, you know, safety because of the okay. virus. The purple tier is the most restrictive of the, the quarantine levels over here in California. So for, for us, for example, we're, we're fitness coaches. So we had to train outside. We can't work inside in the gym right now. And we still got to have a mask on. And we still got to have a mask on. Um, then it goes up from there. So I think after that is red tier. Well, you mean you mean it goes down, right? Because per, since, per, well, since, mm, I don't know how you would code it, but since purple tier is the most restrictive, does, which yeah, so I'm going up. up. So you oh, okay, you're going up. All right. <laughs> So if you go up, then you're going, you're at 10% capacity indoors for the gym. I'm using the gym as an example. Because outside of the essential businesses, it's going to be 10% capacity. That's in the red tier. In the, in the yellow tier, 
you are at 25% capacity. And then the best you can do right now is this orange tier, which is which I believe is 50% capacity. So those are the, actually, I think it's the opposite. I think yellow is 50% and 25% uh, is orange. But because we didn't stay there very long, we don't, we're not familiar with those two tiers. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we weren't there that long, man. Cases are rising again. California's back on lockdown. I don't know. I just got a, this morning when I woke up, I had some alerts on my cell phone, actually. Yeah. That Napa County, uh, Sonoma County, Solano County, they're, they're in a very restrictive lockdown now, too. They're at stay-at-home order. Oof. So, so there's, there's even different phases in the purple tier, right? It's the most restrictive, but like there's still essential businesses open. Like we're fortunate we can still operate because we're considered health and wellness department, you know, get people exercise, you know, getting so people. It's a much better position than we were. Yeah. Back, back so we're doing better, but the purple tier has different, even the purple tier itself has different, um, I guess, how would you put it? Restrictions on it, right? Just depends yeah. on, on what industry you're in. So for the most part, um, we can still operate a bit, but those counties in the Bay Area that I just mentioned, they just call the stay at home order. So now they can't go unless they're going to go pick up groceries or something like that. People got to stay home because the cases are, are uh, really high. People are in the ICUs. And like Armando mentioned a little bit earlier, a, a lot more people are dying. So, And if you have, I think it's 15% capacity, then you have to, um, then you have a curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. It was a 15% 15, uh, 15 capacity left in the ICUs, but yeah. we've, we've already gone over that. So there's less than 15% capacity left in the ICUs, which, so is, we're, so we're which is why the restrictions are taking place because they don't want more people to end up in the hospital and overrun you know, our hospitals and, and we can't get people the proper care. So one of the unfortunate things about entering the second shutdown is the fact that, like we said, there's been no second stimulus. We really wish that um, Congress would have acted as fast on the on the stimulus as they did on the uh, replacement of RBG. They're they're yeah they're 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 work you know quote unquote working on it right now. But it's funny how yeah they they act really quickly to replace RBG just like you said right replace that replace that seat. Um, not to help and, their people. But to help their people, they're they're lacking, bro. That's crazy. And it's one of those things too, like they're supposedly working on it. The only reason they're working on it is because there's a runoff. There's a runoff in Georgia next month. And right now there's early voting going on and there's a lot of turnout. So they're trying to help out those, they're trying to help out those Republican candidates, but that's why they're trying to give in a little bit, but it's, we, we do need that stimulus, man. There's a lot of people out there that are struggling right now. They can't work. So they, they need some help. And I do. And I feel, but I, now that we got that out of the way, one of the things that have happened in the time that we've, some of these losses, man, they continue. <clears throat> so, Growing up, I watched two game shows. Well, aside from Sabado Gigante, is that considered a game show or a variety show? 
<laughs> I don't know how you, you would categorize that, but Salo Gigante slap though is dope. Afuera. El Chacal. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Next year I should be El Chacal for Halloween. I haven't seen that in a minute, man. Well, that show has been over for, for a few years too, I know. Yeah, no, but they still do reruns, but I haven't watched it in a long time. The show was around for years too. Yeah. But anyways, two game shows that you watched on primetime back in the day were Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. And you guys, Jeopardy fans that are listening to this are probably know where I'm going with this, man. We lost the great Alice Trebek. It's like Alice Trebek was such a mainstay, bro, that it didn't matter how long you didn't watch Jeopardy, you just knew that he was going to be the host. And he almost felt like a family member in a lot of ways. And that he was so positive, despite going through all those cancer treatments, you knew that he was suffering. You knew that he was in pain, and yet he was still positive. He was still kind of like, like uh, Chadwick Boseman, man. He didn't complain about it. He just went on with his day, and he tried to inspire others. So shout out to Alice Trebek. And I'm a metalhead. So Eddie Van Halen losing him sucked. I was always hoping to see him live, but cancer fucking sucks, man. Oh, he had cancer too, bro? I didn't know that. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. If you listen to the song Beat It by Michael Jackson, that's him. Mm. And then the guy that I was named after, Diego Maradona. Diego Armando Maradona has passed away, man. One of the greatest, I will say the greatest soccer player of all time. Yeah, one of the greatest for sure. And then... R.I.P. to, to the M3. Yeah, man, so Diego Maradona, man, one of the greatest to ever, to ever step on the soccer field, man. And then the one that just happened, man, we lost Debo. I know. Debo. Debo from Friday. So if anybody's a fan of the Friday movies, Debo the bully. Most notorious bully of all time, man. And he doesn't even have and you have to remember him from Friday, man. If you were a wrestling fan back in the 80s, he was Zeus. Yeah. He was he wrestled Hulk Hogan. And it was it, it was sad to see him die, man. That came out of nowhere. This year has uh, taken a lot of people, man. This year has uh, been one of the most unique, easy to say, right? Most unique years of all time. I'm going to say unique. I'm not going to say bad. Um, speaking for myself, I'm going to say unique. I, I know for a lot of people, man, it hasn't been the best year, but you always got to, you always got to look at some positives that you can pull from this situation right from any situation like you know because we, we we get stuck in a rut mentally where you know think things that we don't want to happen happen things that uh things don't go the way that we plan them out to go um for example me and you turned 30 this year and this isn't such a big deal um when you when you look at the whole the whole year and and you look at how it's affected other people but we turned 30 this year. That's a that's a milestone in most people's lives, and we wanted to celebrate it with each other, right? We we want to celebrate it with each other, with family, with friends. And a week before my birthday, uh, 
we we went into the first quarantine. You know, we went into the first shutdown of our state. So I was stuck at home by myself. Suck, man. I, I will say one of my little brothers, you know, made it special for me. He actually got me a little cake, came to the house, dropped it off. So that was that was really cool. Um, but yeah, man. And you know what? Uh, it's funny you just mentioned that, and we're talking about lockdowns because the entire Bay Area is going under a lockdown today at midnight. Nice. What a way. <laughs> so who knows what that means? I literally just that message just got <laughs> just, that update just came to my phone right now. It just came up to my phone too. Did it? Okay, hold up, hold up. Oh boy. Since we're on air, I, I gotta I gotta click on that, bro. Entire Bay Area goes into virus lockdown at midnight. So let's let's see what that means for businesses because we were just talking that as a gym, we can oh, still train outside. So let's see. This was not planned, you guys. This is literally something that's just happened. That's crazy. Okay. Um, just before midnight on Thursday, the entire Bay Area must go under a mandatory stay-at-home order. That's today. The Bay Area is seeing a surge in cases of COVID-19. Hospitals are filling up, and ICU capacity has now dipped below 15%, like we were talking about. This is something Governor Gavin Newsom warned about what happened. After he announced the regional stay-at-home order earlier this month and divided the state into five sections when tracking the impact of the virus, more than 53,000 cases of COVID-19, the Rona, were reported Wednesday alone, a state record. The Bay Area ICU availability is now at 12.9%. Oh. So it just dropped by a small margin under 15 Yikes. Some Bay Area counties already took these measures ahead of time to try to slow the spread of the virus. Some non-essential businesses like UK Hair Salon and Burlingame will have to close. The owner extended hours on Wednesday to try to see as many clients as possible. We are going to be here until whenever, until our last client leaves, the owner of the business said. Mr. Jeff Silverman, when we are closed, we don't we don't make any money and I've still got to pay my landlord. Man, I mean, I can keep reading this, but I get, I, you guys uh, get the point, I'm sure. Oh, man, that, that, that just got like, I kid you not, you guys, we did not plan that part coming out. That just, that's just something that happened that like right out of nowhere. So, with that being said, man, we're going to go into a stay-at-home mandatory lockdown order. I'm not sure how that's going to affect uh, the gym that me and Armando are a part of, so we'll see. Yes, um, you know, fortunately for me, I've been doing pretty well in my own uh, personal training business. Um, I've actually brought it back up somewhat from losing clients at the beginning of the year when the whole thing happened to now. So just working diligently, trying to trying to – trying to meet new people, make things happen. Uh, thank, thank you to my clients for giving me referrals. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because we got to think about the silver lining to some degree. And one of the things that we mentioned before is if it wasn't for this year, me and Armando wouldn't have started this podcast. So it was born during this shutdown. Yeah. It gave us an opportunity because we had a little bit more time on our hands and it was something that we can routinely do. Um, to build 
some set some sense of normalcy so we can have a routine because most people got their routines taken away to keep our minds occupied um, instead of thinking about what what's been going wrong and focusing on all that even though we've mentioned some of those things or a majority of those things with with these uh, uh with these episodes on 2020 you know um we're look we're looking at we're trying to look at the bigger picture and one of the things is me and him have both come out with a skill or we're building a skill to speak on the podcast, um, be on the podcast in front of the camera with, with the uh, video version and, you know, just share our thoughts and opinions about certain things. Um, give some knowledge to people on when it comes to health and fitness. And um, it's, it's just allowed us to grow a little bit during this process. Not to mention just have fun, you know, like we love doing yeah. We're up here. We're up at 5 a.m. I feel a little earlier than that. Just to film an episode today. We did it because we love doing it. Like, this is something that we enjoy. Like, like when we started doing like, we'll, like we're giving you that story right now because this is something that we love to talk about. We love talking about how it's a two, it was a two-year, it was coming for two years. We mentioned in the beginning of part one how it started, like the origins of where it started. But when the shutdown happened, I, I ended up getting a new laptop. And when I realized that it had a camera in it, I was like, maybe we can do this now. And Joe and I legitimately just started having conversations because the truth is at the time, we weren't really doing much. Um, so we had more time than we had in who knows how long. And we started writing out, we started doing, a, we started drawing out things to talk about. And we've already mentioned we're fitness coaches, we're personal trainers. And while that's one of the, that's one of the core things about the show, we also knew if we just were a fit, a quote unquote fitness podcast, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to last very long. No, we we had to we had to expand a little bit um, on the topics we would talk about, and also because we you know we've mentioned this before, so I'm not going to go too far in it, but we just didn't want to be limited. That's all. We didn't want to be limited, and uh, coming up with the name. This is a story that. I've been looking forward to telling because Joe and I were Joe and I were struggling to come up with a name. Yeah, for a little bit. I wouldn't say it was a big struggle. We were just we were kind of debating. I was I'll admit I was outlandish with some of the names. I remember telling Joe the name. So Joe's starting to smile a little bit because he knows where I'm going with this one. So I was like I was so I was trying to be so creative, you know, like figured I was like man this is such a cool name so one of the early names that I came up with for the show was the elixir and I remember telling Joe that he just said that he's, he was waiting he's like I'm just waiting for the punchline <laughs> he's like I'm waiting for the punchline he's like what are the names you got I was like no dude the elixir the elixir I mean like it could be like a heel like a like a like a positive type of thing he goes just like nah, bro. That that's kind of hurt. 
I, I just wasn't feeling it. That's all. No, nah, I was terrible, dude. That was a terrible name. <laughs> looking back on it, it was a terrible name. So good thing that you told me that because you're the look on his face, like he's just looking at me. He just gave me the biggest look of what the fuck? Like that it just, you came up with? It, it it could work for somebody else. Some somebody else could come up with that name. Go ahead, take it. The Elixir Podcast. I you know, I just I just, I just it. it didn't work for us though. Yeah, I just and so I was like, man, what are we going to call ourselves? So he's like, well, what are we going to do? So I immediately made a page. Despite the fact that we never posted anything and we didn't have anything yet. And Joe and I must have changed the name many times, but Joe came up with the name Adapt. But we had a couple of different iterations, Adapt Evolve Conversations. I was like, nah, that sounds kind of hurt. Adapt the Falls show. No, I don't like that either. Um, I like the name Adapt. And at one point, he's like, just, just call it the Adapt. Let's just call it Adapt. The problem was that there's a whole bunch of different podcasts named Adapt. So there's also a, cl- a clothing company called Adapt. So it would, have been, it would have been bad. But the thing that Joe came up with that was really creative that put us aside was that he put the period right after Adapt. I was like, that's, we're keeping that. That's good. So then he and I were talking one day and we're like, oh, and then we're like, oh, I got it. I have a session coming up. Oh, adapt session. There it is. So we came up with the name. And <clears throat> so we're talking about it. And we're, like the name came up, adapt session. There it is. <clears throat> and we're like, okay, so what are we going to do on the shows? What are we going to talk about? So Joe and I were originally coming in, maybe thinking that we're going to be maybe more fitness based. Strictly fitness based, I would say. That was that was an, uh, our initial thought, and then that was the initial thought. Just to add a little bit to, to how we came up with a name, that is how it went. And then about um, me saying, oh, I got a session coming up. And then it hit us. Oh, why don't we call it the ADAPT session? Because we're both trainers. And when we meet with our clients, what do we call that? We call those sessions. So when we meet to shoot these, you know, to shoot live and shoot these videos, recordings, audio recordings, whatever, you know, and people listen to them, they're coming to us for a session to hear what we got to say, to hear what exactly. we're talking about. So that's that's how that name came. And then also it was uh, because I'm also a wrestling fan too. Stone Cold Steve Austin had a show called The Broken Skull Sessions. So I was like, what if we do the adapt sessions, right? Like, because every session would be a new. Yeah. Like, let's, let's do it one. And then we just decided like, no, what, the sessions are cool, but we should do it just one at a time. Yeah, what I, I was I was more referring to the fact that, you know, he called it uh, Broken Skull Sessions, plural. I was like, let's just do it singular. Yeah, I don't- it was, so it ended up coming out. So Adapt Session was, I loved the Adapt Session. So we went with the Adapt Session. But we, we had a couple of meetings and I, I called to John, I'm like, you know, I agree that fitness should be at the core of what we do because that's who we are that's that's the fiber that that's what that's who we are man we're we're fitness coaches we're kinesiologists but 
at the same time, I think that if we just make ourselves a fitness podcast, we're really limiting ourselves and there's not going to be much to talk about just with that. And Joe, Joe was in total agreement. So that opening that you hear, which is what, what is it, Jojo? Recite it for us, please. It is. Welcome to the ADAPT session where we have intrinsic combos on mindset, exercise, and life's ever-changing experiences. That's when he came up with that line. And when he said, and I, when he said that, we were off to the races. Because he was, because we both realized that we were we're gonna pigeonhole, or was it called pigeonhole ourselves? If we just made ourselves a fitness podcast, so part of the reason why we came up with this show was because we wanted to create a platform for ourselves, and that's what we ended up doing. That's why you have episodes like the Moral Dilemma. That's why you have episodes like Unity or the sports session or some of the or the nutrition episodes. That's why we we don't want to even though lately we've been getting somewhat political and definitely social, we want to be able to discuss everything because that's that's who we are. I just feel like you know us as uh, personal trainers, fitness coaches, you know how, whatever you want to call us. Um, exercise. Exercise is great. We love it. It's a huge part of our lives um, and, help, and, you know, helping others. But it's not the only part of our lives. You know, I, I don't, I want to be multifaceted. I don't want to be, like Armando said, pigeonholed. We don't want to be put in a box where we're just this, right? There, we have a lot of other interests in our life, um, other things that we like to learn about, other things that we like to do. So why not give ourselves you know, the space and the room to do so. And so that's what we did. I mean, we, we had three test runs. <laughs> we had three test runs for the show, the first episode. So the one that you see for COVID, episode one, COVID-19 and home workouts, that was our third test run. So let's get the story with this one because this one was pretty funny. So when we did the first test run, we thought it was going to be easy to be a podcaster, right? We thought we didn't need to write anything. It's just like, we know what we're going to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. And um, while we were recording, we realized a couple of things. One, the audio was missing. Two, we realized that it was difficult to actually, it was, so the audio was missing on the first one. So we kind of, messed up there but we also realized that and was confirmed in the second one that we need to come with a wrench we need a wrench you cannot do you cannot do a podcast without knowing what you want to talk about so because you'll, you'll forget you may know what you want to talk about but you'll forget you'll forget and also you'll create a lot of awkward pauses and we had a lot of awkward pauses when we we did our first two episodes. We did our first two run, run, run episodes. I mean, ever since then, we're a little bit better. But just like any skill, man, it takes time to develop. You just got to you gotta work at it. So and that's the thing that we saw so for a while. If you listen to those early episodes, we we do decently for the most part. We, I'm pretty proud of most of them. But there were 
you could definitely tell that Joe and I were still awkward in front of the camera and we didn't know when to chime in and when not to. I would completely agree with that. So since then, we've grown a lot. We've been making these run sheets together, meeting each other or meeting with each other, I should say, for the meetings, um, for the meetings, <laughs> meeting with each other to discuss what we're going to go over on, on that specific episode, um, meeting with each other on what we're going to do for more engagement on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, you know, try to get more people to listen to us, hear what we got to say and get some, get some more topic ideas from people too. Sometimes people will comment on our page and it'll give us some ideas of some things that we should talk about. Or they so, send us texts or DMs. I mean, we're open. Any, so if you guys got any ideas, go ahead and send it to your boys, you know? I mean, we, we got some good stuff coming up for you guys either way. Um, come in January. Um, we got 20, 2021. Let's hope it is in a much improved year from what most people have been facing this year. Um, but e even still, we got to say that we, we've been blessed to go through this situation. I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from 2020. Um, a lot of experiences. People are going to be talking about this year for a very long time. And, you know, just thank you guys for, for being our active listeners and for letting us know that, you know, you care what we have to say and you're, you're willing to pay attention. And we're, and the thing is that we've, I'm always going to be grateful for this year because one of the things that Joe and I were talking about, and I remember we were like, why, how do we do the, so this is a big part. So how are we going to do the distribution? Because at first we were just going to be a video podcast that would show, we're a video podcast and we're just going to be on Instagram. One of the best things that ever happened to me was I was doing homework and I found Anchor FM. So I Shout just Anchor. Like them. thank you, Anchor, for distributing us. And I want to say that one of the best feelings I've ever gotten was seeing our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That was pretty cool, bro. That was absolutely that was awesome. Cool. So our first episode didn't actually appear. Our first episode was actually an uh, Instagram exclusive. And later on, we put it up on the, uh, on the feed. So that's how you see it later on, on uh, Spotify, Breaker, Apple, Google Podcasts, all of our platforms. So we give a shout out to all of those, those platforms. But Anchor FM, we're so happy to be part of that family. And I'm so happy that uh, they have gotten us on all these different platforms. And it, it's so amazing to think that something that we we created can grow so much. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that like, I love these production meetings. The production meetings are fun because we get to be creative. We're pushed to be creative. And one of the things I didn't know about Joey was that he was a creative writer. <laughs> He is very good at writing. I'm okay. And I'll give you a story right now. So the sports session was something that I wanted to do. And the way that I originally approached it was the typical sports way. Because I'm a sports fan. So is Joe. But Joe had the wits to think, how are we going to fit that 
with our niche. How are we, so, because we can just do another, we could be another ESPN bootleg or we can actually do something that fits what we do. So that's how we started doing the first sports session. And we went from just talking about sports to pre to designing it as a pre-COVID show versus the COVID situation or the Rona situation. And we, and that's where the show ended up going on. That's become one of our most downloaded episodes. It's pretty so, cool. It's, uh, you know, I, initially I'm going to be real. The, the whole thing was Armando's idea. I didn't even want to do uh, like sports episode or anything like that. I didn't want to do it, but he really wanted to do it and he kept pushing for it. And I said, okay. And that's when I was thinking about, well, um, like he mentioned, we can be another, you know, ESPN or, or uh, uh, bootleg ESPN or, or bootleg, you know, radio sports talk show. Cause there's already so many, so many of them. So I was like, so me and him were just kind of thinking and talking to each other. And then we figured out that, you know, why don't we talk about like, as he mentioned, the whole Rona situation and how that's affected sports specifically. Now, maybe they've already, I'm sure they've already talked about that on ESPN and, and, uh, you know, sports radio talk show, but we wanted to do it because it fit in with what, um, how would I put it? With the broad spectrum of our show. I didn't want to be just a sports or, you know, training podcast, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, so we wanted to fit everything. So that was one of the more creative episodes I think we've done. And that was like, moments like that like when because joe when he tells you that he wasn't too excited about doing it he he really wasn't but no. when we when we figured out that portion of the show it was like a, a switch a switch went off and he went from eh, okay we'll do it to oh let's do this part oh let's do that part and it was we had like a three-hour meeting that day and that was one of the more that was one of the best meetings that we had because we went from just talking about sports to like having an actual concept with it. And that's what you, that's what you hope to have. You want to have something to talk about, but you, the creativity is what we, what I live for. So when he was being creative about it, I mean, I, like I said, that's one of the coolest things that the show introduced me to was Joe's creative side. I didn't know he was that creative or that he was that such a good writer. So this said, so when it, so if I were to tell you what I'm most thankful for, I would say for sure the show, because as someone who's creative, I love doing the posters. I love doing the show. I love writing the, doing the run sheets. The production meetings are, are fun for me. Filming it is fun. I'd probably say, uh, you're good at all that stuff, but the posters, <laughs> that's the shit. <laughs> Everybody loves your posters, bro. Posters are the best, dude. Yeah. So, and when, it, when you give me input, it's good too. Like when he did the first sports session, he's like, nah, dude, we're doing this one. So oh, when I, when I told you to do the basketball? Yeah, so that <laughs> ended up being one of our best ones too. So I'm all, so I'm all about like, people are like, oh man, you don't make fun of yourself when you make those posters. I'm like, dude, I'm the first person I make fun of. Bro, you can't, it man, you can't take yourself too seriously you know take take what you do seriously for sure to a degree yeah. but don't take don't take yourself too seriously you know and, yeah, and that's not for you that's for everybody listening and it's for everybody dude like it's so i i have fun with it so the christmas the christmas one ended up being one of 
my favorites too. Jim Bits is one of my favorite posters. Um, I would say the sports session too was one of the favorite where we're scientists. Oh yeah, that one's cool. <laughs> the one where you're uh, Gomez and I'm Uncle Fester. That's funny. What would you say were your top ones? Damn, that's uh. Well, the one the one we just did, the Christmas episode we just released, that was fun. That was fun. That was cool because I honestly, so Armando took uh, two of our images from some old pictures when me and him were, how, how old were me, Armando? Like 18, 19? 18. We, we were young, man, and, and um, we known each other for a while. And uh, we went to uh, Tahoe to go uh, uh, sledding. And... Um, I, I did not like the way I looked in this one picture because I went faster than I thought and I was super scared to go down that hill. So I'm just like yelling and, and I, you know, you can see it on my face. And he used that picture and I didn't want him to use it, but I'm like, you know what, just put it on there. It's all good. Yeah, and, and I'm the one that's knocked out because I, I fell off from the, uh, the, the sled fell off and I just crashed. Yeah, and he's just like laying on the snow like this. <laughs> I, was, I was knocked out on that one. But man, been, it's been a wild year. Now, next week is Christmas, and the week following is New Year's. And uh, season two coming up, and we got some good stuff coming up. However, before we end up, you mentioned earlier we turned 30 this year. Yep. We have come a long way in the last 10 years, sir. Especially you. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to ask you what would you tell your 20 year old self if he was sitting right in front of you? I would say, get ready because 2020 is coming <laughs> that's what i would tell myself now nah, i would say you know what man i would just say uh stop being worried about about failing because honestly i think that's held me back the most and i think that's held back a lot of people don't we don't be worried about failing don't be don't be scared to try even if you embarrass yourself, even if you don't look good, just give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. That's a good, that's a good one to say, man. Cause I mean, what about you, big dog? I would do the same thing. I would tell myself, Hey, you know what? Don't be afraid to take chances. Don't be afraid to believe in yourself because back then I knew I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to graduate college and I was in college, but I had no direction. <clears throat> so I would say to myself, I would say to myself, don't be afraid to take um, chances. Don't limit yourself. For sure. There you go. Love that. And <clears throat> the end of season one. Season two coming up, you guys. Please enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa. What's the other one? Hanukkah. Hanukkah. I don't know if those have passed already. If they have, my apologies. I don't remember exactly when they take place. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. And uh, as far as my resolution for New Year's, or I don't want to say resolution. I don't know if I believe in resolutions. But my goal for New Year is to take this show to a next level. Sounds, sounds good to me. We're gonna do that, Jojo. Let's make it happen. My uh, 
Nah, it's I think it's I think it's okay to, to set goals and New Year's resolutions. I'm I'm okay with that. That that doesn't mean that you have to wait for New Year's to do it like most people do. Yeah. You know, no no uh no uh I'm not taking any shots at anybody for doing that, but I just I just think New Year's newbie. Yeah, you know, it's you know, mo- most people do it for a month or two, and we're not just talking about coming to the gym, we're talking about everything. So but I think it's good to set goals and, and resolutions. And mine is mine is just to keep growing, man. That's it. It's all about growth, man. To show us, ourselves, and personal lives, professional. We just want to grow. We just want to make the. We just want to leave this place better than the way we found it. There you go. I'm. I'm, and, I'm with that one. And 2020, as rough as it was, we're gonna look back on this, and this is gonna prepare us for whatever we face. So you made it through 2020, boy. You a survivor. And not only that, but I think 2020 was a great year. Yeah, all, we, all in all, I think it has some valuable lessons, definitely. Just for this alone, for what we're talking on, this show that we're on, it was it was worth it, man. For sure. We have, and we're gonna we're only gonna grow from here, man. Season two is gonna kick off in January. So we're gonna we're gonna have some good episodes for you guys. We're gonna have some we're not gonna tell you what we're gonna do. Well, the only one that we can't tell you is because of the Kobe stuff, because we already talked about it. But stay tuned. We got stay with us. Coming. Stay with us. Ear hustle. Peep game. Follow us in 2021. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's kill it in 2021, right? Yup. Toast. Later, squad. Peace, you guys.